Welcome everybody to episode 26 of Two Guys One Dice Cup. My name is Al Goldeneye Unicorn, and on the other end of this mic is Phil from Rash's Cairns. Yeah. And episode 26 is entitled Down with the Sickness. So if anybody is a uh, you know ever have ever remotely listened to us before, um you can pick up that we're probably going to be talking about Nurgle tonight. Um in the rookie coaches session, would that be would that be correct? Yes, we are. We're gonna talk Good. about my one of my favourite Blood Bowl teams. Yep. Um I'll I'll give you a quick preview. I really didn't like writing the rosters for uh, for Nurgle. <laughs> I am yeah. I I am not down with the sickness, but we're going to find out um, because I, you know, I know the rookie coaches and all the other listeners will already know that you are exceptionally good, Nurgle player. Yeah, I I've I've got a reasonable record with Nurgle in both league and tournament uh, sort of setups. Uh, I think I just get how they play. They're one of my sort of favourite side of things. Of all the control teams. Um, so yeah, on top of that, we've got actually got a pretty beefy first section to do uh, on the games front because it's been a bit of a gap between episodes, and in that gap, we have hit up two uh, well, you know, major tournaments. Is uh, you know, doesn't really say enough um, for the tournaments we've been to because you hit the NAF Championships. Yes, that's right. And I captained Team Scotland to uh, the Bolt Action World Team Championship. So on the games front, we've we've got a lot to talk about. We do, yeah, a fair amount of gaming. And I, I have always conscious that you know we're a, supposed to be a predominantly Blood Bowl podcast uh, when we think about it. So you you better talk about the NAF Championships as you know out the out the box. Yeah, I think I think we're predominantly a Blood Bowl uh, podcast because both of us play Blood Bowl as yeah. a common interest, but we do talk about loads of other stuff as well. But yeah, um, Blood Bowl, NAF championships, so, NAF, NAF championships. Uh, I I took Undead to the NAF championships um, off the back of uh, my first Blood Bowl twenty twenty tournament when I went one 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 with them. Um, I then went, uh, was it nine one zero with them in the league? Uh, so I kind of thought, well, run. Yeah, I kind of thought, well, yeah, I'll give them another bash and uh, in a tournament and um, see what happens. And uh, it was a choice of a toss up between them and Lizardmen. And um, I'd played more with the undead in Blood Bowl twenty twenty than I had Lizardmen. Uh, which I haven't touched since uh, the change of rules, really. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll give the Undead a run. Um, and uh, it was good. Um, I'll run through quickly the games I played, because there were some good ones in there, for sure. Um, so game one, uh, I played a, a brand new Blood Bowl player. Um, my opponent was called Yantz. Um, that, that was her NAF name. Now, I can't remember what her actual name was, uh, it might have been Marianne uh, or Marie-Anne uh, or it might have been neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been Sandra. <laughs> uh, but uh, but she was she was great. You know, like um, I, I kind of went into that game thinking, right, first game of the tournament, um, 
I don't want to lose this. Uh, but it's a brand new player having a good chat, a uh, good experience of of Blood Bowl, uh, in her first game in a tournament. I don't want to smash the shit out of her either. Um, and uh, it was a fun game. It was really fun. Um, she, um, obviously picked up quite a bit from playing. Uh, I think she was play had been playing in a league or something like that, or at least with some friends. Um. So she knew the sort of basic principles and stuff. So she wasn't like kind of fresh out the box, but she, uh, but um, it was an interesting game. She was running black orcs, um, mm-hmm. and there were a couple I, I, of moments. Sorry, with sorry, the black go. orcs, um, was she running uh, two guys one dice cup roster or not? Uh, pass. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't. I don't remember. Um, it 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 probably would have been close to what we would have we would have run to be honest. Okay. Um, at the very least. Um, I know she doesn't. She didn't listen to the podcast because uh, she uh, wasn't aware of it. Uh, but I mentioned to her at the end of the game that I'd probably talk about the game on on the podcast, and she asked what the podcast was called. And I told her the the podcast name, and she's one of the few people who has genuinely laughed at the name. Uh, <laughs> most people, most people give me the withering stare of seriously, uh, but yeah, she thought it was funny. Uh, so I'm hoping she's had a chance to listen to the to the podcast since then, or at least we'll get to listen to this one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I won that game one nil, but it was it was very very close to being a one one draw. Uh, after uh, I talked her into uh, two dice uphilling my uh, ball carrier uh, to stop me from scoring um, like a, a second touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I then talked her into re-rolling that two dice uphill. I was just saying to her, I was trying to explain to her, like, this is a situation where if, if I... Uh, if I score, the game's completely over. You know, I've, I've won two nil. However, if you knock the ball out of my hands and it goes flying up the other end of the pitch, um, I don't have many players up the other end of the pitch that can handle the ball here, and there's a good chance you might get away with it. You know, like uh, and and tie the game up. So does she not roll d- uh, double pow like <laughs> the re-roll? Really? And then the ball went. The ball went off the pitch. Uh, and it uh, went pinging backwards and forwards uh, off the two edges, uh, like the touchdown edge and one of the sides a couple of times. And then it, did it not just shoot all the way up the other end of the pitch towards my uh, by side of the pitch, where Amazing. more of her players were than mine? Uh, I did. I did manage to get a ghoul back and. Uh, and sack the the goblin that picked up the ball, uh, but it was pretty uh, pretty ropey, uh, and uh, I was fifty p twenty p in it a little bit there. Uh, there, was, there was no there was no chance of me uh, losing uh, the game, but it could have been easily a draw. Um, I think she won one of her games. I think she won one, drew one, lost four in the end. Um. And I had a chat with uh, one of the people who she was there with, and they said that she'd enjoyed our game. So I, I kind of went went away from that one, thinking, "Oh, you know, I had a good game against somebody. They're brand new, 
and they've enjoyed playing the game. Brilliant. What more can you ask for for a first game of the tournament? Um, second game, I played a guy called the Rake, and he was running Norse. Uh, mm-hmm. so this was the the previous Norse roster because um the NAF hadn't sanctioned the use of uh um the new Norse roster in in the NAF champs. Um, very similar to the roster that I took to UKTC. Uh, I thought it was only one, may, maybe one, one uh, skill difference or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I beat him two nil. Uh, he was a two hundred and twenty rated um, Norse coach before my game against him. Wow! So, uh, so, so that was skills. good. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Um, he had a couple of unlucky rolls in the first half, um, and also I was smashing his players to bits as well. Um, I think I had a couple of casualties in the first two or three turns against him, maybe a knockout here and there. Uh, he snaked a, a go for it uh, to get himself sort of fairly clear. I could, I could still, I would still have had a shot on his ball carrier. And this was to tie it up uh, to go into the second half when he was receiving. Uh, I would still have had a shot in his ball carrier, even if he'd made the, the go for it. Mm-hmm. It would have just involved a dodge for me uh, with Russell to uh, to take, uh, to one dice him. So there was still a reasonable chance of me getting something out of out of that point. Uh, and then I picked, uh, I stopped him from scoring in my drive. Um, so that's, And I was 1-0 up at that point. And then um, on his drive, it was just a case of I had a good chance of smacking his players about a bit and uh, and scored So to make it 2-0. So I was happy with that result. Um, and that kind of bumped me up the tables quite a bit. I was on table 10 at that point um, for game three. And I played a, a guy called Scouse Boy. Um, who was a an, a really nice guy. Um, he uh, was running lizard men, so and I, I knew how he was going to play the game. Um, being a lizard men coach myself, uh, and it was obvious it was going to be a case of well, who's getting chipped away at first here? You know, who's mm-hmm. going to lose players? Blah blah blah. And um, it was a tough game. It was. Uh, it ended up two a two one win to him. Um, he, um, I think he just got got the better of me in terms of uh, of numbers early on. Um, there was a few things that happened. He took out uh, my block mummy at one point. Uh, that didn't help. Um, and then, like, I wasn't getting anything out of. Uh, taking out players of his until later in the game. Um, it, when we were sitting at 1 1, and it was his drive uh, to, to make it the 2 1, mm. uh, he was in the bottom hand corner, uh, just about to kind of stall out. And I gave it the old uh, razzle dazzle bullshit last, uh, <laughs> last effort uh, thing. Uh, where I had a, I think it was a five up, six up, 
to uh, to hit the ball carrier for one dice. Um, and I needed um, a pow or a both down. Either of those would have been great. So a reasonable chance of making that part of it. Uh, and I made the, the dodges um, and hit the ball carrier and rolled a defender stumbles, which uh, with it being in the hands of a skink uh, meant that all I did was push him into the end zone to score. So no re-roll on that point, unfortunately. So yeah, it kind of... It sucked a little bit, but he he played a really solid game. Uh, couldn't really kind of um, like begrudge him that, and I think he finished tenth overall in the end. So, uh, I didn't really mind <laughs> mind losing that game to be honest. You know, especially with somebody who's finished higher than me. Yeah. Uh, so finished the end of day one uh, with two wins and a loss, which is okay. You know, I'm. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, that's that's fine, you know. Usually when I go to these uh, two-day tournaments, uh, I'd like to at least win one game a day. So I'd already won the uh, won the, the two games. So worst-case scenario, I'd, I'd kind of hit the, the baseline uh, of what I was after. What you um, had mentioned about the first game, especially at big tournaments, is to ease yourself into that first game and not get you know, nervous or panicked or, you know, yeah. don't let the pressure, because it's a long weekend, it's, you know, game one of six. So it's important just yes. to, you know, chill out, deep breaths, uh, you know, remember there's the good element of enjoyment from the game and just don't put any pressure on yourself to, to deliver. And that's when I think you get the most um, out of yourself. Yeah, I think um, I think that's the right way to approach that 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 game for sure, the first game in there, you don't want to kind of, because it's very easy to put yourself in the mindset of, if I lose this game, tournament's over. You know, like, especially in a one-day tournament, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that generally is the case, you know, in terms of your, uh, you, you're unlikely to win a tournament on a one-day if you lose your first game. Uh, but as soon as you start thinking like that, you're adding loads of pressure on yourself, like you said. Um, so you're yep. better kind of going into it thinking, I just want to have a good game of Blood Bowl and enjoy who I'm, uh, the game with the person I'm playing against. And uh, yeah, I think if you take that mentality, it takes a bit of the pressure off. But it also kind of allows you to kind of uh, enjoy the game, you know, which is you spend all this money going to tournaments like this and you want to enjoy yourself. <laughs> so just uh, get getting out, uh, getting that nice foundation. Even if I'd lost that first game, as long as I'd enjoyed myself, I probably would have uh, pulled myself back round into that. Precisely. So going uh, going into day two. How um, uh, sorry to interrupt you before you go into day two, yeah. but how many players did they end up having at the NAF Championships this year? Oh, fuck, it was 270-something, uh, I think. Field? Yeah, it was a big field, yeah. Uh, really big. Uh, I think that's the biggest one I've been to uh, of the NAF champs. I think the last couple of times we've been, it's maybe been, uh, it's definitely been over 100, uh, but... <laughs> yeah, I want to say like 180, 190. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was even as much as that, but yeah, it's been. It's I been... always, I always remember like I've, 
I've usually ended up in the mid-pack around sort of 70, 70 or, or 70 or 80, and I've always been sort of in the top 50%, so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it was a lot bigger this year, or it felt a lot bigger this year anyway. Um, so, game four, um, I played, you know, it's like you go all the way to, to Nottingham, and you end up playing somebody from the league that you're in. <laughs> uh, so I was drawn against uh, uh, my league mate, Ryan Ardlin, and he was running Demons of Corn. Um, he was running very light on his roster. Um, I think I think in that respect, he, he caught out a little bit lucky. Uh, he was only running 11 players and no Apo. Um, so if if I'd managed to take a couple of his players off in the first half, it would have been a completely different game, I think. Um, and uh, it was just one of those games that things weren't going weren't going my way. I wasn't getting the removals. He was getting removals, um, and it ended up a two 0 win to him. I mean, he didn't he didn't play badly. He played really well, you know, and. He's one of the players in our league that's definitely kind of he's improved exponentially in the past like year and a half. You know, he's he's really kind of like found. I think he's found a team that he, that that works for him, um, which is great. Um, but yeah, I I did feel coming out of that one like maybe I could have got a draw out of that one uh, rather than uh, lost lost two nil. Um. Mm. Would I have got a win? Like I said, if I'd managed to get some of his players out um, earlier in the half, um, I might, on his drive, I might have been able to have stopped him from scoring and it would have made my second half easy. But uh, it just wasn't wasn't happening. So yeah, it was, it was still a good game and it was, it was good to play somebody uh, I knew, at least anyway. Um, so at that point, I'm sitting on 202. I'm thinking, right? I could, I sh- I really want a third win here, uh, just to give me uh, a, a worst case scenario. You know, what what he was doing and how he was playing, I did feel a little bit. He left his ghouls out uh, to I hung them out to dry quite a bit, and that kind of gave me a bit of an opportunity to to kind of get some purchase on his team. Um, and I ended up winning that one two one. Um, and yeah, I think it was it was more likely from about the first half. That I that I was going to win that one, um, but it was still it was still tight. It could have been a draw that one, uh, but um, but yeah, I think I think it was it switched quite 
nicely to me and I felt reasonably comfortable after a few things um, made it sort of swing my way a little bit. So that was my third win. And I thought I, I, I felt yet again like the, um, uh, the calming influence of that come over me. So I'm just like, well, at that point, I'm like, well, yeah, worst case scenario, it's 3-0-3 now. So um, the last game, just go into the last game, enjoy it, see what happens. Another shambling undead off. Oh. <laughs> same, uh, uh, same sort of thing. Um, the guy I played was called uh, Jake, and his uh, NAF name is Jake Home One Two Three Three. Uh, he was a fairly fairly new Blood Bowl player as well. I think this was a, it was his second tournament. Um, but he was obviously not doing too bad because he was up the same sort of neck of the woods as me. Yeah. Uh, and we were up sort of, I think it was table uh, 40 or something like that. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit higher than that. In fact, maybe it was higher than that, actually, uh, by that point. Um, so he was, he was doing okay. Uh, he seemed to have a reasonable grasp of, of what he was doing, uh, knew where he, uh, what he was doing with things. He had a slightly different roster from me. I can't remember exactly what was different other than the fact I think he had an extra re-roll. Um, I think he'd gone with four re-rolls in the end. Okay. Um, but he burned through them quite quickly, both halves. And uh, uh, I think he made a couple of errors um, in terms of like planning what he was doing. He potatoed in the first half and that really kind of didn't help him because uh, it um uh, he got kind of caught out on it um and then um I scored in his half um and I took out one of his mummies and it didn't regen in fact I think I took out his block mummy so that what happened to me in the lizard man game happened to him and it didn't regen it failed its regen and that made my second half uh, on my drive a lot easier. Certainly would with such a key piece missing from your opponent, well, yeah. Yeah, it totally swung uh, in my favour then, you know, at, um, in terms of strength and stuff. So uh, I don't, and being 1-0 up as well uh, and and playing into my drive uh, really helped. So yeah, I ended up winning 2-0. Um, and that meant I went 4-0-2. Uh, for the weekend, which I'm pretty happy with, and finished in 48th. Wonderful. Which I'm also pretty happy with. Um, bizarrely, same same position as at UKTC. So, uh, bit weird, but uh, it is what it is. Well, good for I, think... I mean, out of such a big field and you know the level of competition, that's uh, I think it's an excellent result. Yeah, absolutely, and. Um, I mean, I, I, I was really happy with my result, but um, uh, Scottish players in general did really well. Um, uh, Chris Miller, uh, whose NAF name is Sporin, uh, one of our Scottish players, won the NAF championships. So that, that was that, that was really good. That was the first ever Scottish winner, I believe. That's right, yeah. Is that true, yeah? Um, yeah, and he's, and he's uh, an exceptionally nice guy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh, re- really, really good guy to hang around with and yep. 
exceptionally uh, nice guy, exceptionally humble, um, you know, and a very skilled Blood Bowl player. So, yeah. Um, so he won, uh, and we had um, another couple of players who finished really high up as well. Um, Loki, uh, David Muirhead, uh, I think he finished in sixth in the end. Um, and then uh, Mike Rushby, Grumpy Maestro, finished reasonably high up, and so did Mark, uh, sorry, Martin Moffat. Um, Martin Moffat, especially. Um, so he delivered a really great result, and his his sort of blood bowl star uh, is rising in Scotland. I think he's, you know, he, from seeing his other results recently, he's really tuned into the corn team that he's running. That's right. Yeah, I think he's like Ryan. He's found a team that works for him in the in the way he plays. You know, and uh, he uh, came second in uh, Mulligan's uh, Open just. Uh, like a couple of weeks before um, mm. NAF champs, which would have helped kind of uh, boy his uh, uh, kind of uh, like feeling of, of the team up uh, prior to the, the NAF champs. But yeah, he played really well. He was, he, him, Mike and Loki and Chris were all sort of in the top 20 for most of the, the tournament, I think. Um, maybe dipping in and out a little bit but certainly never dropping below kind of top 30 yeah so to have four scottish players that high up uh was was great you know um i think it's probably the best showing from scottish players at enough championships outside of the fact that a scottish player won it um so yeah i great tournament had a, a good good chat with everybody that I spoke to uh, in terms of playing. Uh, caught up with a couple of people I hadn't seen for a while. Uh, fun times. Good. How about yourself? Tell me all about this action of Bolt. And the action of Bolt World Team Championship in Cork in Ireland. Uh, it's, it's hard. <clears throat> it's a hard one. Nowhere to start. Um, you know, I've got the danger of saying too much, but also sort of underplaying and saying too little. So, you know, there were 12 teams of four that were there. I captained Scotland. Um, and it was played over, over six rounds, so it was a classic team tournament. Uh, you know, the format was a 1,000 points to put the army together. Uh, and the teams, you couldn't repeat the same nation within a team, you know, in the same way that when a Blood Bowl team event comes along, you know, if only one player can have Dark Elves, only one player can have Orcs, etc, etc. So same sort of idea. And I remember I didn't make any predictions just because it was such a, you know, there's teams from Spain, America, Ireland, Wales, England, Germany, yeah. Denmark. There's just such a spread of players and all the best players from those nations turning up um, you don't really know what style of play they're going to bring just because bolt action can be quite a varied quite a varied game uh, in that sense so um, you know what I can't even remember our overall team performance which is really bad 
but we finished Scotland finished seventh out of twelve. Um no, but I think we came we came unstuck in the very last round. We were up against Poland and we mm-hmm. were Oh god, if you can imagine the you know, the game for first place, the top table was Denmark and Spain. Uh, so they were gonna finish first or second. You know, that was a clear given. Then the next matchup was Wales and England. They were fighting for third. Third fourth. Okay. Then the next table down was us against Poland. And if either Scotland or Poland had, you know, got four wins, like the maximum number of wins, we would have been able to snatch the last podium spot from England and Wales. Um, and look, as it turned out, we didn't. We lost. We lost that round three-one. Uh, so our our victory uh, against Poland in that round denied them the podium. So they ended up. They were one point um, behind England, who finished third. Uh, and it just meant we finished. We finished seventh. So, but it was so close. Um, but you know, if I'm if I'm starting at the start, we played our first round was against Spain who are the reigning champions uh, and you know we knew that would be the toughest the toughest round of our weekend uh, and it was but you know we, we pitched pitched ourselves against the best uh, we lost three and got one draw uh, but we all played really well um, and we were just outplayed by our opponents uh, it meant that as we went into round two Denmark were able to send two teams, so we played Denmark two. Uh, okay, and it's actually what what we spoke about with your your first game. I had the same mentality going into my first game because the way the the draw system worked was that um, captains matched up the armies, the army lists to play. Okay, and I had been told. Know, weeks before when it, when everybody knew what the draw was that we had Spain that the one of the best bolt action players in the world played with him, a guy called I think he, I'm not sure if it's his real name or if it's a nickname, but he's called Achilles. Uh, okay. And <laughs> I know he's he's if I if I work if I if I remember correctly, we had a good chat. His English is not good. Um and that's also to say my Spanish is terrible to non existent. Um, sure. But I managed to pick up that I think he's like a um, police or military police special forces type guy. Uh, All right. Like he's he's you know pretty solid solid unit. Um, you know, so maybe Achilles is his you know name because he just smashes heads when he's not playing ball action. Um, but I went into this game knowing that the it was going to be the the best challenge. So. It was in the best mindset to play him because um, I wanted to push myself to see how how good I could do it. And uh, the mission we played, you accumulate victory points for being in different sector, different quadrants of the board with different units, and your opponent's you know deployment zone is gives you the most the most amount of points. And at the end of the game, I had gotten twenty two points. Which is, you know, on any other given day is enough to win the game. Uh, but yeah. Achilles got thirty three. And it's like Oh right. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I told him, it's like, your reputation is well earned. You are fearsome. And quite clearly knows what he's doing then. Just watching his strategies play out, he knew exactly what everything was doing. Uh, you know, dice rolls were normal. Um, it was just, I was just outplayed and it was so cool uh, to watch. To know that there's another level of bolt action that I can try and get to. Um, it was it was amazing, and so even though you know I came out of that game with a loss, it, it sharpened my focus, play, and my decision making and my time management, so that in the next round we played Denmark too. As I said, uh, my opponent, absolutely, God bless him, didn't stand a chance, because I was I have never been more focused at bolt action than I was going into that game, and probably. Know, the next three games up until the game against Poland, sadly. Um, every time I got to the table, you know, pick, picked my team's um, opponents. As soon as I got my opponent, I'm like, right, you're fucking for it. Um, so I won against Denmark too. Blitzed them off the table. Um, and I told them afterwards, we did, did a bit of a debrief. Because, um, oh, it was, um, it was actually Ant, uh, who I've mentioned before. Uh, he he stood in for the player uh, for Denmark too, and um, you know if, if listeners remember, he he delivered my first competitive loss at the start of the year, which again you know I spoke about how I sort of analysed the game etc. Um, but I told him what had happened in my first round and why I had come out of the you know first order dice, the first action was uh, why I was so aggressive. Um, you know, it was just a different. A different style of play that I decided to go with, but then you know, so I won that game. Uh, round three, we played um, USA two, the Americans sent two teams, and again as a team we won that round. Uh, round four, on day two, we ended up playing a it was a world team, so there was you know, like a pirates team. Aye. Uh, Pirates team idea, uh, you know, we we won as a as a team against them. Uh, then round five, we were you know this is us starting to rise up properly. Uh, USA won, uh, you know the main USA US team uh, got the win in against them, and then uh, obviously that that brought us to round six when we, when we faced Poland, and I think I might have ran out of puff by that point. Uh, you know, on on the flip side, that my opponent, Poland, his army was had all the tools to take my army apart, and the mission mm. was just you know who could kill the most would win. So he had lots of he had like four tanks. All he had to do was sit back, fire at long range, and to win the game, you just have to kill two more units than your opponent. Um, and so he killed. I think he killed like three units by the end of turn one. He was already he already won. If I tried to sit back, I I couldn't sit back and snipe him. So I just had to yeah. bring it right to his face. So I just threw everything at it because you know if you're going to lose, you know if I'm going to lose three nil or you know twelve five or whatever, I'm just like I'm going going to lose. So um, I, I threw everything at it and lost. I think it was actually ten three or something, but. 
it was it was a, a bit of a disappointing end, but um, you know, my own personal account was four wins, two losses, and that set me. Um, my God, something crazy. I need to check where that actually sat me, but I think it was like twelfth overall in the individual standings, maybe twelfth or fourteenth out of the forty-eight players. That's good. So, oh no, it like was four. Really good, happy. Yeah, four or two is great. You know, like um, I don't. Uh, a win in the last round could have uh, for your your whole team could have bumped you up quite a bit. Uh, from the seventh place that you ended up with, but yeah, it's tough, you know. I think uh, when you've got teams like like the Spaniards who are clearly really, really good at, at the game, yep. and and, um, and they went on to defend their title. Yeah, and then you've got the, the team like the or the the player like the guy that you played in, in the Poland team who has got a, like a a list that's specifically geared oh, yeah. to. Oh, like obliterate an army like yours it it doesn't really kind of it's exactly those two that. losses are understandable yeah it's, it's like if you're you know your wood elf team faces off against a dwarf team you know you're up against it yeah and um, that you have you know, you're going to start losing losing players quick and you have to you know try and get ahead as, as quick as possible you know, and that's that's not to detract from my opponent he you know he played his army well his name is Marek he played his armies well, he knew what he was doing, but he also knew that he had an advantage in terms of what the mission was and what he was facing, so <laughs> um, I'm not disappointed. I know that the, as a team, I think there were some performances that could have been better, and um, you know, my boys know that. They, they know where their own sort of went wrong, uh, be it on army lists or sort of in-game decisions. But I think in the end, you know, it's it's that whole win as a team, loses a team, and um, it was it was a good experience. It was very tiring. I think the issue, one of the main issues, and I'll I'll feed this back to the organisers, was that the time limit of two hours for a game, a thousand points of bolt action, which is achievable, is not enjoyable, and mm. given the fact that. Uh, you know, English isn't the primary language of the bulk of the teams, so you know, language was a was a was a barrier. You know, when we played Spain, and also when we played Poland, some of the Polish players were not um, as articulate in English as as we would like them to be. And again, that's obviously to say my Polish is you know terrible to non-existent. Um, but it was declared that the official language of the event was English, so. You have to you have to work through that. Um, but an extra fifteen minutes would have taken a bit of the pressure off. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, a little bit of time for interaction, and uh, you know that sort of thing. But um, happy, happy with my own performance. Um, you know, as a team, I I think we left we left a few things on the table again this year, um, which I think as as the team creation process continues through this year that we'll 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 tighten that up um for the the world team championship in 2023 whatever wherever that is whenever that is because they haven't they haven't announced it yet but you know it was it was good we'll not bore the listeners with anything more than that you're missing one vital point out though 
What was what's that? Well, you you won something. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what an ass! Yes, um, fucking hell! Right, I thanks, mate. Uh, one of my personal goals was to win the best painted army um, for the the new Soviet. A Union Army that I was painting, and yes, I I which, did. Find which you spent a lot of time doing uh, an enormous amount of time. Yeah, um, but yes, thanks, Phil. Uh, yes, I I generally have forgotten. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I did win the best painted army award uh, again. Well, that was the that was the little title I had to defend, um, and I did so. Uh, which was yeah yeah it was it was really great to be able to get up in front of the. In front of everybody, claim the claim the prize. Um, the feedback from from everybody there, because um, it was judged based upon the the sponsor was um, Army Painter, so Army Painter yeah. sent a criteria through to the judges um, as, to, as to how they score it. And I'm I'm aware of what the criteria is. I've, I've you know, the criteria before I actually started painting the army again, and um, before I painted the miniatures, so. My goal was to meet the criteria to try and win it, and I did so. So it's, um, yeah, that's actually a good natural lead on to uh, the next segment because you know what it's uh, what's the next segment called? What's on the table? The table, yeah. Yeah. So what's on the table? Well, I think as I said, yeah, I finished painting that Soviet army, which I've been, which took a huge amount of time. Um, every second was worth it. win yeah. right now to paint miniatures for myself. Um yeah. Really happy with that. Um instead what I do have now on the table is a whole bunch of um commission jobs. So I've got one bubble team on the table which I need to get shuffled along. Uh, they're at fifty percent done at the moment. Um, Black Orc team. Um, yep. I know exactly what I need to do to, you know, to get it done, so it's just a good, you know, my head down to get it done. I have got another Blood Bowl team that's just arrived. It is the High Elf team from Star Player Miniatures, I yep. believe. Uh, and that commission is for a Scottish player who's going to the uh, Eurobowl competition in Malta in October, I believe, isn't it? Uh, hope so. I can't remember. Is it October or November? It's it's around that sort of time. Yeah. Well, I hope it's October because that's the that's the delivery date for the team. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he wants a nice job done in that, so I'm gonna gonna make sure that that gets done, especially if it's 
if it's going to go to the Euro Bowl, um, you know, I want him to look good. Uh, you know, obviously people will ask him maybe, you know, who painted it, and he might actually tell them. Uh, and then I, this is an odd one. I've never done any bolt action commissions in the past. Mm -hmm. And since the uh, WTC win of Best Painted, or, or the second time I've done it now, um, I've actually had quite a few inquiries come through my painting page, which is great. Uh, so I've actually decided to take two up. So I've got two bolt action um, commissions. One, one's a reasonably size, I think it's like 40 miniatures, um, but they're mm -hmm. you know, drastically smaller um, than, than Blood Bowl miniatures. So, I think it's like a British Commonwealth Gurkha army or something. It's a, it's a competitive list that guys want painted. And then I've got another one. Uh, the, the guy's sending me through 10 miniatures as a, as a test. He's paid. You know, he's, he's going to pay um, for the yeah. service, but he wants to get 10 done first, see what they come out like. And then after that, if he's, if he's satisfied, there's like another 60 plus nine vehicles so you know it's a it's a big one that comes through after that so um i'm looking forward to to commission about commission work for a while uh, it'll be four drastically different projects so excited i'm really i'm i'm, I'm talking myself through it. it's like yeah, yeah this is fucking cool oh and another thing i'm going to do for um guess to sell through my painting page or you know through whatever channels uh, I'm going to do a few sort of little combo deals called um, plug in and play um, army attachments so mm -hmm. for, for bolt action you know so it's going to be like a transport vehicle uh, a squad that, that goes in that transport vehicle plus like an officer or a small team so that you you know players can actually just buy them painted and then instantly plug them into armies they already have. And the idea is that I'll be putting together, um, I guess what, what players would say would be like meta units or competitive units and competitive combos. So they can literally just, you know, buy them from me, painted, plug them into their army, and then instantly make their armies, you know, more competitive or, or more better, for lack of another term. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> more better, more better, <laughs> more better. Um, and the cool thing about that is that the bulk of those those miniatures I already own, you know, I've won them through you know prizes or I've picked them up cheap second hand, <clears throat> you know, thinking I would add them to my own armies, but I've not needed them because I've always got enough of them. Um, yeah, pretty cool. How about you? What's what's your been your painting progress? So I haven't painted masses. Um, I mean, I've been a bit busy going to stuff like UKTC and NAF Champs. Mm -hmm. I think last time we spoke, I'd finished the Norse team for UKTC in time for that. And um, I kind of thought, oh, maybe I'll do another Blood Bowl team and kind of, thought, well, maybe I'll do my Skaven team. And then started that kind of, and then instantly was like, no, I don't want to paint Blood Bowl at the moment. Um, I'll paint something else. Uh, thankfully, like I got, um, I've been chatting with uh, uh, 
James uh, Hewitt, who he's one of the uh, like he was one of the rules writers on Blood Bowl when it was uh, brought back in twenty sixteen, hmm. um, and he has his own kind of games company uh, called Needy Cat Games. I chatted with him maybe back at the start of the year um, about painting something for uh, a Kickstarter or. Uh, for a game that he was uh, sort of coming out with, uh, uh, with it was like a, it's like a collaboration with a company called Zatu Games, um, oh. and the the game itself's called Steel Coliseum, and basically it's like these, uh, it's like Robot Wars effectively, uh, with these big robots, uh, and he sent me through one of the robots for for the Kickstarter to paint. Uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, painted that up. Um, I think it's come out all right. You know, it's a, a kind of it was a nice different thing to paint. Uh, tried a few different techniques on it with uh, underpainting uh, pink and then yellow over the top of that. I thought that came out all right. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, so that 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 I finished that one up. Um, what else did I do? I have started painting a couple of the other uh, Swampcast Blight Kings uh, that I did a test model for. Uh, so I've finished another one of them. Uh, so I've, I've now got two of them fully painted. And I need to do the base of the second one. And I've started painting the third one um, out of five. So I'm slowly working my way through them. Uh, they're sort of gold at NMM uh, predominantly, so it does take a bit of time. They look great though, mate, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I messaged you at some point recently saying that I cannot wait to see the group shot, you know, because yeah. you can always see when you're doing individual models, it's like, yep, that guy looks great, that guy looks amazing. Um, you know, I had that with the with the Soviets right towards the end as the, you know, as the, you know, the individual models started to group together. And you saw the units forming, and you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" They look the business. Your swamp cast guys are going to be exactly that. They're going to look amazing when they get in their group. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, all all five of the models are reasonably kind of uh, sort of converted, but they they're kind of gone. In they've, they've got a bit of individual character mm-hmm. for them, I think. Uh, which is is cool, but I think they'll all kind of bind together, like you say, as a as a group. Uh, really nicely, like I, I think you did make the right kind of uh, sort of um, what's the word uh, example. Sorry, with uh, with what you were saying with your Soviets, because it's like you're a regulars uh, for your Soviets. You know the guys uh, where it's all kind of just people, oh, the, <laughs> like, like the kind of uh, civilian uh, militia. Yeah, that's the one because. Um, Individually, they look cool and they've got loads of character. Mm-hmm. But when you see them together, it's like, fuck yeah, that just makes sense. Yep. You know, uh, they look good together, uh, even though they're so wildly different. Yeah, uh, a lot of them. Yep. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really, really like happy. A, team, a good team. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see how they all turn out together. I'm, I'm quite comfortable with the way I'm doing the NMM. I mean, I know it's maybe not. 
100% accurate in terms of uh, your kind of Richard Gray style uh, NMM or what have you. Uh, but I think it suits the tone of the kind of kind of gritty and grim darky kind of feel for them. Um, I'm really jealous of them. So that, Just the creativity that you've done and delivered, and it's, I think they're really cool. They inspire me. Oh, that's uh, that's very flattering. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going to stick like anything. They're good models. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> So it's a bit of a long trip for you to come and do that, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I do, I do like them. Uh, they were a kind of random flash, flash of inspiration, um, and they they've come out. Even the, even just the converted models have come out just nice. But the um, I'm enjoying painting them. I think, and I think they'll add something kind of different to the the American army that I've got that uh, will help kind of. Uh, set them apart but yeah I've, I've enjoyed painting them so i've done them i also painted um so i got i got a 3d printer for work related stuff um at the start of the month um and i've been just printing some random shit off and making sure i understand how it works etc and uh i printed off i i, I did some shields uh Folk have probably heard me mention shields before in the podcast uh, for old hammer stuff. And I wanted to print off some basic shields that I could use for like chaff units in, uh, uh, in my old hammer army. Uh, so I'd knocked up a, a kind of wooden panel design, but also a kind of very basic one. And I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll paint it just to make sure it kind of comes out okay. Um, and I painted uh, the wood paneled one. Uh, just a, a fairly quick paint job. It wasn't overly intensive, um, but it, it was reasonably well received on Instagram. Um, quite quite a bit more than uh, my normal posts are, and I think it came out all right in the end. It looks it looks quite nice as well. It really uh, did. a bit of NMM on the banding. It really does look. And it's, uh, the wood, yeah, the wood came out quite nice in it as well. So. Yeah, I was quite happy with that. Um, that that's been the majority of my painting. Like I said, not not masses, but uh, quite focused into getting things like done and over the over the uh, the kind of hurdles with finishing off units and stuff. Um, I think what are we on next? The, we talk about big, next? It's the oh, one. it's the money. It's money, money, money. Right, money. I. I don't think I've communicated a huge amount to you. Fine. No, I, in terms of how much you've spent on stuff, no, you've been quite uh, quiet and right. Well, as 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 yeah. the listeners know, this is the point where myself and Phil guess how much money the other has spent over the course of the month or the gap in between podcasts. Um, we never tell each other what we've spent, but we always leave little hints in our message groups to say, you know, spent money here. You know, back to Kickstarter here, etc. But um, I I did make one one hobby related expenditure um, outside of all the sort of you know travel and alcohol costs at the I went for the tournament. So well, that's kind of vague. What models? Does that help you guess? Uh, hmm. 
don't know. I, I, again, I don't think you've spent very much. Um, £25. I will give you one yeah, a little bit higher. £27. Uh, just a tiny smidge higher and you'll, and you'll get it. £27.50. For fuck's sake. No, it's a little bit right. You only get three guesses. Um, £33. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a... Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So it was um, just on the Bolt Action Facebook buy swap sell uh, group. There was, a, there was a guy who was just selling off a whole bunch of projects that never got off the ground and he just wanted them gone fast. Um, so he had three uh, Sherman M4 tanks that were fully constructed. Mm. And uh, towards the end of the year, there is a, a, a Tank Wars bull action event going to happen up in Aberdeen. Um, October the 16th, I think it's called. Um, Operation Extended Capital. Whatever that means. Um, but I can use the Sherman tanks in my American army. I, I can paint them up in Soviet colours, just because historically they bought tanks from the Americans to use on the Eastern Front. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, at 30 quid or 33 quid, including postage, I think it was, for three tanks that are already constructed, paint them, and they cost cost less to buy them new so it was a no-brainer um, oh yeah absolutely absolute no-brainer uh, and I, I can decide what color scheme i need to paint them you know in like five months time once i decide what army it is i need to take so yeah it was a no-brainer just went for it that's pretty good yeah, oh mate bargain um it's always cool when you come across people that are trying to offload projects and if, if it matches, you know, something that you want to do for yourself. So that was opportunistic. But yeah, it was cool. What about you, though, Yeah, mate? right place, right time with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've, been, I... you've been quiet as well, communicating this month. Yeah, mm. although I have been to Warhammer World. Um, of course you have. And it's been a lot longer than a month since we last spoke about stuff as well. Of course you have. Mm. Um. I'm going to lash out. Yeah. You've been, Ash has been bleeding out of you quite a lot this year. <laughs> your, your your addiction to your old hammer crack is a, uh, you know, draining your wallet. So I'm going to get right in at 175. Significantly less. Oh, uh oh. Um,. Okay, I'll, I'll better drop it down to 93. Less. Are you feeling okay? It's been a long time. 62? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit more than 62, but less than 90 odd. Um, so I, I finished on 72 pounds. Okay. Now, I spent nothing in Warhammer World. How did that happen? Were you blind? Uh, I have no idea how I managed to restrain myself. Like, there was a few things I, I, I could have bought. Uh, there was one thing I should have bought when I was down there. I completely forgot about it until uh, a couple of days later. 
I meant to pick up the corn booster pack for the Blood Bowl team, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll get that another time. Um, but it took all of every fiber of my being to not buy a Chaos Warhound Titan <laughs> while I was there. Uh, like some sort of dick. That's quite extreme <laughs> to have to restrain yourself oh, yeah. from not I mean, buying a Titan. Yeah, from, from not buying like a, a 300 and Fifty pound Titan body, and then spending another hundred pounds on weapons. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I was go out every time I've been down there the last couple of years. It's been I've almost bought one. Um, every time I see it at the display, I'm like, I like it. Am I going to buy it? And then I just don't. So yeah, I managed to do that to not buy it again for another year. Um, so I'm going to let you into you know, you should buy one. Because you know, I own a, I own a Reaver Titan. You know that. I I didn't know that. No. I own a Reaver Titan. Totally worth it, mate. I don't think I've ever seen it. Nope. I've, it's always been. Where is it? It's in my house now. But... Like, is it built and painted? Yeah. It's not very good. It's oh. not a great paint job. I need to. I'll want to go back and redo it, but um. If I get the opportunity, I'll, I'll put it together, take a photograph of it. I'll, I'll pause, but I'll take it. Oh, I send me a send me a photo. I'll, I'll take it out to the park or something and play football. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to my son to <laughs> play with. Transport in your child's car seat. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I should have brought it out when he was about the same size as it because he's um, turns three next month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably, I probably will buy one before the end of the year, um, but. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I just didn't this time round. I think one of the things that stopped me was they didn't have any of the weapons in stock. Mm. Yeah, there's no um, buying it without stuff. No, it's. I mean, I I could have bought. I could have bought the body and then ordered the weapons because it would have been free postage anyway. But ah, yeah, you know, I just no I, I let it go. So nothing. Nothing in Warhammer World. Um, there were there were a couple of releases that on GW's side that I could have bought something for, like uh, the Norse team or something like that, but I just didn't didn't really... I don't need them, so I, I wasn't. Uh, and if we had recorded this podcast like we were going to last weekend, it would have been £32 that I'd spent, because I spent 40 quid during the week. Uh, so... Uh, Would you buy? Um, well, it's all old-timer-related, surprise, surprise. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Focal... Who regular listeners will know that I'm I've been chipping away through buying the Marauder Miniatures um Chaos Dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um and I managed to pick up six of those. That's what my seventy two quid went on. Just remembered another six hobby thing. Guys. Um yeah. <laughs> if anybody sees me on different Blood Bowl Facebook groups or Instagram accounts or stuff when they when they see me post, uh, and I'm sure I've mentioned it once or twice on this podcast. I dislike display trays a lot. Oh yeah, I <laughs> I dislike them a lot simply for the fact that more often than not they they just distract from the actual miniatures. Oh, they're window dressing a lot of the time. I, I like yeah. looking at miniatures. Something that happened just before I went to the WTC in Cork 
was that um, I, I for for the army, I, I went the extra mile and I built little sort of display bases, dioramas for the vehicles to sit on, um, mm -hmm. just to give them a bit of a frame and context. Not display trays, but little display bases. Um, so, you know, because some of the vehicles are quite small, they look a bit lost, just to sort of help enhance them. And I also needed a movement tray, something that the army can sit on, be displayed, but also something that I can pick up and move. Not a display tray, just a movement tray. And, and lots of people use little sort of um, square dinner trays that they can, you know, steal from McDonald's and stuff. And they, they look cool, but I wanted something that was going to give it a, a solid colour, white. For the life of me, it clicked and, like, and I, I bought a, a, a whiteboard, a little whiteboard. All right, okay. I can't believe I've never done it before. Um, not only does the whiteboard help you move your army, it displays it. Uh, you can also get the whiteboard marker and write your name on it. <laughs> this is my, yeah. this is my army. Um, <laughs> it was so retarded that I've never done it in like the however twenty five thirty years of wargaming that I've done. And what's even funnier was that I I bought a you know a good one in uh, a local shop in Scotland. And then I uh, sort of tested to fit, would it fit my, my bag that I was travelling with? No. Uh, so I, I googled Cork and they had the same shop and they had the same whiteboard. So when I flew into Cork on the Friday, checked into the hotel, I said to the boys, I'm like, I need to go to this shop and buy this whiteboard. <laughs> and they were like, what the <laughs> fuck are you on about? Uh, they came along with me because it was a bit of a jolly, um, scoping out the, the local bars and stuff. And... I got my whiteboard and they just all looked at it at me and like, Al, you're a fucking genius. That's exactly what you need. Um, yeah. It cost eight euros. And uh, at the end of it, I just gave it to the organizer who was sort of had everything traveled by car and just said, there's a free whiteboard. Thanks, mate. I'm out here. Brilliant. And um, I went around all the teams or all the players that were left at the end. And they just said, draw a dick on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was funny watching different nations' interpretations of a, of a, a penis. Uh, yeah. Then handed to the organizers, like, there's a whiteboard full of dick. Enjoy that. Sorry, that was the most... How many of them were, how many of them were circumcised or uncircumcised? Hard to tell. One of them actually drew my face, which I thought was a proper fucking insult. Um, Amazing. I know. <laughs> but it was it was just this you know something <coughs> that the, the listeners are, I, I bought a small A4 um, whiteboard as well for displaying Blood Bowl teams when I when I get, mm -hmm. get the chance to go back to Blood Bowl events um, it just made sense they're really cool um, sorry to segue away from what you were talking about but just I can see the whiteboard in the corner of my room at me. So did that bump your hobby spend up a bit? I eight pounds, yeah. So it would have been like forty one, so Yeah. That counts. Uh, so I, we we both didn't like like splash the cash majorly this, this no. month in a bit. Sorry everybody. Crazy. Yeah. I've I I've got a I've got to a point now where I'm not uh 
Um, I'm not needing masses. I did see the um, the new Horus Heresy box uh, is up for pre-order mm-hmm. uh, next week. Um, I am kind of slightly tempted by that, but it holds absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, I I probably won't. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Don't do it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't do it. We'll see what happens. I'd I'd probably rather save the money, the hundred and fifty quid, and put it towards a Chaos Warhound. Exactly. That's 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 yeah. how a winner thinks, mate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Think winner. And so that's just... I was going to say talking about winners. Um, if the rookie coaches, you know, have been following along, well done. Your perseverance is about to be rewarded because we're going into section three, and we're going to talk about uh, Nurgle. Yeah, Nurgle. So, Nurgly, Nurgly, Nurgle. Traditionally, as the rookie coaches and other listeners um, will be aware, uh, myself and Phil, we talk through the positionals first, um, just give you a rundown of the team. Yes. And then we present to you a league roster um, with a thousand gold pieces to spend. And then we present to you a, a tournament roster each, which we always base upon the NAF Championship. So that gives you a 1-1-5-0 spend. Yes. And you can assign yep. six skills and one double. Is that right? Yeah, well, six primaries and one six secondary. Primary. Yeah, exactly. Oh, mate. I always question myself when I say this stuff, and we've done it twenty six times. <laughs> just bizarre. It's so it's so ingrained uh, to call them doubles. I know. Uh, I, as, it just it's difficult as to old school gamers. Walk away from it. <laughs> um, and you know the the great thing about the rosters is that neither myself nor Phil um, have discussed them beforehand, so you always get our live reactions to each other's rosters. Um, Phil, what I can never remember again is is it your turn to read the roster the positionals out or is it my turn i've got no idea oh, uh, do you want me to do it bitch. um you know what no i'll do it just to make sure i'm in credit <laughs> <laughs> and and also there's only four entries to read so yeah me oh you filthy <laughs> animal so <laughs> excuse me so, ladies and gents and associated other um, sexes, you're reading from page 120 of the Blood Bowl rulebook, uh, Nurgle Teams. So, the first positional is uh, 0 to 12, and it's the Rotter Lineman, 35,000 gold pieces, movement 5, strength 3, agility 4+, plus, passing 6+, plus, armor 9+. Plus. Skills and traits, they come with decay and they're plague-ridden. Primary skill is general and mutation. Secondary skill access is agility and strength. Next up, 0 to 4 are the Pestigores. 75,000 gold pieces. Movement 6, strength 3, ability 3+, passing 4+, armor 9+. And they come with horns, they're also plague-ridden and they've got regeneration. Primary skill access is general mutation and strength. Secondary skill access is agility and passing. Zero to four bloaters, 
115,000 gold pieces. Movement 4, Strength 4, Agility 4+, plus, Passing 6+, plus, AV 10+, plus, and they come with Disturbing Presence, Foul Appearance, Plague Ridden, and Regeneration. Primary skill access is General, Mutation, and Strength. Secondary skill access is Agility. And then rounding off the positionals, you've got 0 to 1, and that's the Rot Spawn. 140,000 gold pieces. Movement 4, Strength 5, Agility 5+, plus, No Passing Trait, Armor Value 10+. Plus. And they've got Disturbing Presence, Foul Appearance, Loner 4+, plus, Mathy Blow plus 1, Plague Ridden, Really Stupid, Regeneration and Tentacles. Primary Skill Access is Strength, Secondary Skill Access is Agility, General and Mutation. Closing down the other relevant aspects of the team, 70,000 gold pieces for team rerolls, classified as Tier 2, you don't get access to an Apothecary, and the special rule is Favoured of Nurgle. Where do you want to go from That's there? It, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, are you, uh, do you want me to go uh, to give you my team first, or do you want to well, I think go maybe yourself? If we maybe just dip into some of the specific skills and traits that they've got, um, you know, there's disturbing presence, fill appearance. That's all quite uh, common. But some of the newer ones that got dropped in there. Um, with this newer edition of the game. Plague Ridden, I believe, is the newer one. Well, I mean, it's effectively just uh, Nurgle's Rot from the old edition, mm -hmm. but um, rather than uh, you just get the player at the end of the game um, for free, like it was in that, um, that edition, it's exactly the same pretty much as um, the... Uh, uh, necromancer style thing for undead where you get the get the player during the game right. and then you can choose whether or not you want to hire them at the end cool. is there anything else you feel like uh, the uh, rookie coaches should know um i don't know disturb it's they're a weird team because um they've got a bunch of skills across the lot of them uh but they're not actually that helpful early on <laughs> i think uh yeah i think decay on the the rotter lineman isn't great um although it's not as bad as it used to be um and then you've got like the the mass disturbing presence and foul appearance on the the bigger guys uh really helps with uh kind of uh making turns awkward and pitch control um but yeah it's, it's an interesting team um, I'm having to to recalculate teams on the fly here because I've fucked something up, but uh, we're all good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I just uh, this it, it's not changed anything significantly at all. Uh, I, I was wondering why I'd got some uh something in there uh that I didn't expect to have. Uh, right. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really need to say any uh, any more. Um, so the the, the favourite of Nurgle thing, just guess um, where, where does it say that in the league in the book? Um, is it at the start of the team section. Um, I think the main thing to to be sort of 
aware of with that is uh, it gives you access to some inducements um, specific to Nurgle teams. Um, oh, where are you? Maybe they're in. So you've got the Plague Doctor, which is effectively like the Nurgle version of an Igor or a mortuary assistant. Um, so it's a failed regen. Um, there's also in Death Zone, I think, uh, there's like Nurglings. Um, and I think there's a. Um, is there a Nurgly wizard? Fuck knows. Um, there's definitely kind of few random bits and bobs that you could add in as well mm. that are specific to Nurgle teams. Um, a horticulturist of Nurgle, which is the word Nurgle wizard. And there is the. It's like the 20k thing, which is, I'm sure, is. It's Nurglings or something like that. Anyway, uh, that that's that uh, that side of things. Um, do you want to, do you want to tell me what your team is, or do you want me to tell you what your no, team is? Uh, my we're, team we're going to start with our um, rosters, yeah. League roster, yeah, yeah. Okay, so league roster for me, uh, I kick off with um, one rot spawn, three bloaters, three pestigors. And for Rotter Lineman, uh, I've gone with two team rerolls, and that clicks over at 990. Okay. Yep. What are you thinking? Uh, I've gone slightly different. Okay. Um, I've spent the million and gone with four bloaters, three pestigors, five rotters. And two re rolls. Mm. So you. So I've gone with a twelve-player roster. So you've you've not obviously not gone for the big guy. No, not not at the start. No. Okay. Um and and I think I know that's kind of like a a curveball because I really like the rot spawn. Yeah. Um. But I think. Um. I, I kind of feel like there's so much that you can that that you're you're missing early on. I think I'd like to have um, the like block on the bloaters um, before I start like getting into turnover material <laughs> by getting the rot spawn on the team. Yep. Uh, now I guess. I guess from my side, I mean, the Rot Spawn would be my first purchase without a shadow of a mm -hmm. doubt. Like, as soon as I've got 140k in the bank, Rot Spawn, no questions. Um, if I've got a, a fourth Pestigore further down the line, great. Uh, if not, you know, I could probably, I'd probably wait until I had enough money uh, or lost a Rotter before I bought one anyway. Uh, but yeah, I think. I think having the rot spawns great. Um, they are go a good big guy, uh, but they're hard to play uh, when your team's already a turnover magnet and um, you've only got two rerolls. 
basically. Yeah, and, and that was the biggest issue for me, playstyle-wise, <clears throat> is, is having two, two re-rolls. And historically, all the rookie coaches know that I really don't like it. But I could not find a way around around not having, you know, I couldn't find my way around to getting three without making ridiculous compromises to the to the team and to the makeup of the team. Um, on well, the pitch, I, it just, it just I, couldn't you happen. Can't, you can't make it. You can't make a three uh, reroll team work. No, it's not a thing. No, and that's and that's um, one of the, the uh... sort of beginner reasons why I um, dislike the Nurgle team already because. <laughs> I can't get three rerolls to start with without, you know, without having a, a good team to, to use at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think it's just a case of um, making sure uh, you're expedient with them uh, and you use them. Um, wisely um i know i know your your playstyle very much leans into having that that cushion um my, mine doesn't i'm i'm very happy running two rerolls um uh but yeah they they're not an easy team to play um they get really good i think as time goes on well that's if you've got a really long league uh, they get really good, well, like, and I mean really. That's good. that natural part, though, that we now have to talk about is the the development of the team. You know, over the first sort of four or five games, and I think the rookie coaches will benefit more from listening to you and how you would develop your team, um, and then I can just pitch in with the sort of the hopes and dreams I would have for my own team. Um, you know, because ultimately we're trying to make. We're trying to help the rookie coaches be good players. And when it comes to Nurgle, you're infinitely better than I am. So I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts, please. Yeah, so I mean I'll I'll leave the rot spawn till later uh in the discussion because I I don't take one uh or I wouldn't take one in uh at the start. But if we're looking at bloaters, I literally have like a three skill progression with them. Mm. Uh really especially now that Claw doesn't really make a massive amount of difference. Um, uh, in the same way as it used to. Uh, but I would probably hit um, block on everybody first uh, for the bloaters. Um, and then I would have one or the other uh, getting guard or mighty blow. And I'd maybe build to having uh, block on on one and guard uh, block and guard on on two of them block and mighty blow on two of them and then flip that round uh so you've got um like whatever one you didn't take um i might take claws a a fourth skill if if it's a much longer mm -hmm. league um but i think that would get pushed right to the back now and that's obviously all um, that's all planned primary progression yes yeah no randoms on those um pestigors wise like i tend to build four distinctly different pestigors um for different reasons like i use them in in completely different ways um the f first one uh, would be a ball carrier um we get block first and then sure hands 
and then if it's racking up the star player points, uh, two heads um, as a choice, and all of them is planned as well. Um, no, no randoms. Um, I would build a a killer um, with a block first and then mighty blow next and then claw after that on that one mm-hmm. um i would build a, a ball sucker uh with uh wrestle tackle and strip ball yep. and then the fourth one depends on the league uh but i would generally kind of look for a bit more of a kind of an auxiliary kind of uh like blitzer uh and make one and make him block uh frenzy and tackle okay uh just to give me a bit of uh kind of options now obviously any of them could carry the ball i mean they're not completely incapable of doing so um but yeah i would be looking to to have one dedicated ball carrier and the the rest are kind of more channeled down like getting getting their their way out of things and like filling gaps I need in the team. As far as rotters go, um, I would go for a pre- uh, planned kind of route with one and give it dirty player. Mm. Um, the rest of them would all just get random skills, and if it wasn't something good, I would just bin them and repeat um, if possible. Um, if I got DP uh, on a random, uh, that'd be amazing. Uh, but um, I would want a dirty player, especially with the guard in there and and stuff. And I think you're looking for removals on uh, via as whatever ways you can manage. And you're probably going to run a twelve to thirteen man team anyway. Mm. So yeah, uh, and a thirty five k player is a great choice for a, a fouling piece as well. Um. As far as the rot spawn goes, um, so I mean, I I would be, I would be kind of considering if in a long league, if I had it early enough, uh, saving up for block. Um, but to be fair, guard and stand firm as the next skill are perfectly fine for the rot spawn. Um, whether I would go with guard or stand firm um, <clears throat> first I don't know stand firm is really useful with the combination of uh, tentacles because uh, it allows you to kind of well tentacles and foul appearance because you can't easily blitz some uh, or move the move it off the, a piece you've got to dedicate a lot of resource to do that and you've still got the chance that you might fail the foul appearance or you might fail the tentacles role um, so stand firm works really, really well. And of course, guard guard works. It's got good synergy with stand firm as well. Uh, but block makes it a lot more reliable. Yep. Um, so I, 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 there's not really much I would go out with that. With that. Um, I've got a fairly like specific way I build the Nurgle team, and that's pretty much it. And it's a successful way. Um, you know, I look at the notes I've made against my own team uh, for the for the league. You know, for my bloaters, um, I wasn't that imaginative. Um, guard, mighty blow, and just introduce them as required. Uh, 
yeah. with, with you know at least two blocks and one guard to start with uh, for my rot spawn. I had also gone with guard as the first one. Yeah. And then I was tossing up between stand firm or um, saving up the start player points to, to get that plan progression of block. Um, yeah. And then you, know, you mentioned the guard. Uh, I would also be, you know, when I scroll down to the rotter lineman, I'm trying to get um, another a, a player for fouling to take advantage of all that guard um, that hopefully would develop in the team. And that would just be the wild, you know, random progression that can that can go on with them. And for Pestigors, I was a bit I was a bit lost. I knew that I needed a, a sweeper, you know, so block tackle, uh, which obviously that's I wrestle for a sweeper wrestles better because you're you're trying to pull the player down. Um, that's something you that you know mm-hmm. you highlighted. Which I probably should have thought more on. Uh, I wouldn't have thought of frenzy, and now that I, now that you mentioned it, um, frenzy pestigore, uh, with with block and mighty blow was would just be amazing. Um, I think friend, frenzy gives you that. So we did. This is a control team. Mm-hmm. Um, friends, it gives you an extra element of control. You know, I mean, if you if you're in a really long league with your wrestle tackle strip ball guy, I would chuck frenzy on them as a fourth skill as well. So yep. you'd end up with two frenzy players and on my build uh, in a long league, uh, which would give you like you've got foul appearance on the front lines uh, for stuff, and you've got disturbing presence uh, to stop people from uh, handing off or passing. Um, and then you've got this added kind of bonus of having frenzy uh, at the back to just kind of uh, make things more difficult in terms of sideline uh, scrambles and stuff. So, yep. yeah, I think uh, frenzy frenzy offers something extra on this team. I think that's good. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess we. Um... I think. Uh, you go. Sorry. I think. I think there's a, a an argument for um for maybe maybe having a set a second ball carrier like out of the Pestigors, uh just in case one of them uh, uh your main one like pegs it. Um but I think it's a lot of resource to put into uh to a second player where you could really benefit from it more from being like one of these kind of removal ones or a bit more of the kind of Swiss army knife thing. Cause I mean the block frenzy one can still get his way out of trouble a little bit with, if you're blitzing with frenzy, you're doing it on strength, uh, strength four with the horns yep. that are built in. So you're getting two dice, two dice, hopefully if you planned well enough for guard and, or you look at your way. So you could, end up moving yourself into a better position to get out anyway uh, as a ball carrier, you know, when folk are trying to do column defences and stuff. So I think um, I think that's that's not so bad. Um, it's just uh, um, it, they aren't, they're a team that really struggles from lack of skills early on. Mm. Um Especially on the ball handling side of things. I mean, there's many games I've played where, like, I've been 
sat there watching the ball just not <laughs> not be in my hands <laughs> on my drive uh, for multiple turns, especially especially early on. Um, and then it, it's pretty frustrating playing like that. But like I say, once they once they start developing, you could argue maybe sure hands is a better pick over block early on. But I mean, I would say. Um, I would say I'd I'd rather rel- the reliability of block. The more block you can get out of this team early, the better. Uh, you can then save your rerolls for picking up the ball. Yeah, that was a compromise I made. You'll, you know, yeah. the rookie coaches will note that I never mentioned sure hands or um, big hand or anything like that from the mutation side of things to to deal with picking up the ball. I was more focused as and as as you are about making sure your players can stay on the pitch and stand up and and cause damage. Yeah, we normally, on my ball carry, if I, if I got to a second, uh, a fourth skill on the ball carry, rather, I would consider extra arms previously. However, I think... Let me just check something. Here we are. I think I would probably consider because you've got sure hands anyway there. I would consider possibly uh still going down extra arms. Um but there's always monstrous mouth as well, which gives you the re-roll of a catch. Um it's just it's a bit of six one half, doesn't it, with that one. If you got a fourth skill in the ball handler, yeah, well, that's, but, yeah. That's like, log me down the track. Well, that's it. You know, I mean, you're talking about a team that develops really well past the sort of sixteen hundred TV uh, mark. Uh, they start to sort of pick up pace after that point and uh, really become a, a a strong team. The closer you get to sort of two thousand TV. Like they they're really difficult to play against when they're up up at that sort of neck of the yeah. woods, but you have to be playing a fairly long league uh, to get that. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, with with the way the redrafts work and stuff like that, I don't think many leagues would end up in that position. So you're probably going to be playing max TV of sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred. I would have thought. Mm-hmm. In which case, they're a very playable team still. Uh, if you know what you're doing, you're willing to put in the time to learn them. But uh, they're not. They're not an easy team. They're definitely not a rookie-friendly team. No. But rookie coaches shouldn't be put off. Um. And I think now, if we progress onto the tournament rosters, uh, we might see a little bit of a um, little bit of variation between the two of us. Maybe. 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 Okay, well, do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. I have gone with four bloaters. I've gone with four pesagors. I have gone with... Why is that one? Mm-hmm. Five rotter linemen. Three re-rolls. Comes in at one, one, four, five. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you've gone a little bit different to me. <laughs> I've I've gone uh, Rotspawn, 
four bloaters, four pestigoers, three rotters, two rerolls. And I think that comes in at one, one, four, five as well, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want the, the rot spawn in a tournament. I think. However, I will preface this with I would not take Nargol to the NAF Championships <laughs> under that rule set. Um it's not a it's not a good rule set for Nurgle. Nor normally when you're you're playing tournaments, um they're tiered in a specific way and Nurgle are, are nailed on tier two or lower tier depending on uh how many tiers are involved mm -hmm. um so they normally get a, a slight bump up or more of a bump up than a lot of teams do in terms of skills uh six normals and one uh or six primary and one secondary are not enough to make this team a viable yep. team at tournament level especially if everybody else is getting exactly the same skill package precisely if if tier one teams were getting four uh four primaries and no double or no secondary rather uh maybe <laughs> but even then um like there's certainly there's tier one teams that that could manage with that no problem yeah. um well what what my yeah. thoughts with this was i i after having written the league roster i couldn't face in a roster that didn't have three rerolls, just couldn't yeah. do it. And when it came to the skill package, um, I really just put together a bit of a, um, like a, I'm going to say like general purpose skill package. So it's, it's got a little mm -hmm. bit of everything. Um, so talking about the skills, I um, so two of the bloaters get block. One bloater gets guard, one bloater gets tackle, and then of the four Pestigors, three of them are skilled, one gets sure hands, one gets block, one gets wrestle. So it's a, it's a, it's a toolbox um, with no sort of clear, not, that's the wrong term, but it's not built to do one job. It's just trying to adapt to whatever's in front of it little bit of block, little bit of tackle, wrestle, sure hands to try and um, you know, make sure that those three rerolls are used for, you know, the for, for blocking. Um, that's my thoughts. So you've not you've not utilized the secondary skill no. at all. No. Okay. It's a so I, I've gone slightly different. Um, I've put two block and two guard on the mm -hmm. bloaters. Um, Pestigors have only skilled two of them, um, and that's a block one and a yep. wrestle one. And then I've given one of the rotters sneaky mm -hmm. git. Um... I did toy with the idea of putting a mighty blow on one of the bloaters rather than guard, but then I think guard works quite nicely uh, on uh, if there's two of them on cage corners. Um, if you're 
going for the grind and also if you're looking for removals it's got good synergy with fouling so um i thought sneaky get would be sneaky gets better than dirty player in this instance because you don't get sent off unless you roll doubles on the injury mm. roll um, you so, didn't scale your rot spawn um no no it's tempted to put block on it but it's a distraction mm. piece you know like one thing i'll say is i never put the the rot uh the rot spawn on the line um as tempting as it might be um i tend especially defense rather um occasionally there are circumstances where i might put it on the line for the mighty blow hit um on offense on defense it goes sort of in the middle uh about four or five squares okay. back and it's literally there to cause issues you know like i don't really care i'm not going to be blocking with it that much uh it's going to be parked on something to try try and tie stuff up um so i'm not bothered about having block on it i would i i'd prefer to I mean, if if i had two secondary skills um i would probably take that or if i had a better uh package in terms of uh skills i might take dirty player on on a rot rather than sneaky git and i might take block on the uh the rot spawn instead um but yeah i think he can manage without without block um yeah okay it, it is tempting yeah. yeah it's not a team as you said that i think the rookie coaches um under the skill package that we use you would take and i'm not quite sure how um how knowledgeable your uh final results are of the NAF championships but were there any Nurgle teams that were there? That as in that, that finished relatively high? <laughs> there was one Nurgle team. Sorry, one was, was, was that one Nurgle team out of two hundred one seventy players? Seventy odd, yeah. Yes, there was one Nurgle team taken by one guy from my league. Hmm? A guy called Scott, uh, whose NAF name is Full Fat Beard. <laughs> And he he was. I mean, his team wasn't his team choice wasn't as in the way he set up his team wasn't the, wasn't the worst. You know, I mean, it it was it was okay for what uh, for what you got. Not quite the way I would have gone, but it was okay for what you got. Um, but he lost all six Ouch. games. Um, I think he narrowly avoided uh, finishing bottom um but yeah i mean anybody who's played nurgle like a, a lot probably would not take would not have taken them to the NAF championships it w it wasn't a, a nurgle friendly tournament as displayed in my in my opinion yeah i mean i think i think i probably could have got I think I probably could have got at least two wins with them myself. But you would have to have been working really hard and the matchups would have to be pretty specific. 
Yeah, I I I definitely wouldn't have gone zero zero six. Um, but I think I'd have been piling in the draws a lot more. Um, I and that's hit with me having played a lot of Nurgle. Um, I don't think I would have finished much more than like uh the two 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 or uh two three one or something like that at best at absolute best which i would have been happy about if i'd have taken that uh but i would never have taken them to that <laughs> to, to that uh it's just a i mean he, he's a fair, fairly new player but um uh scott but yeah i think uh i think he was uh he was unlucky not to get at least a draw in one of his games. Maybe a win in another like as, one. As, uh, as long as he take on board as a learning experience, but yeah, it's tough. Just, it's tough going. I just saw his, uh, his touchdown difference was zero touchdowns for and 11 mm. against as well. Well. I don't know who he ended up playing, um, but um, well, he played some reasonable uh, people, in terms of what they've done. Uh, so he, he wasn't he wasn't playing against like total chumps and losing. He was playing some very experienced mm. players. So yeah, I, I yeah, he would have had a tough time regardless who he was playing against, and wasn't a tournament for Nurgle. Which kind of brings us on to. Uh, like one of the things we discuss is what we rate these teams out of ten for like yeah. you know, winning a tournament. Yeah, true. Uh, what, what I am going to throw a four. Uh, yeah, I think that's being generous. I think a, I think a three or a four at the left championships. Probably a four is probably all right. I actually, throw a four at it. However, yeah. I think if you were playing in a different tournament, you could, with a better rules pack, you could bump that up to a five. Yeah, but you know, we for for the sake of consistency, when we talk about our um, our teams and tournament teams, we always use the NAF the NAF Championship pack. Um, yeah. You know, so there's always a direct comparison to our different podcasts, and I think yeah, yeah at the moment, Oracle. I said at the beginning of a recording, I don't like them. With the, you know, the 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 skill package and the costings of of the NAF championships, and you know, I had to compromise my style of play when I created my league roster. So, um, they're not a team I'm interested in. Uh, and you know, hopefully the rookie coaches can. They're obviously going to take more away from what you're saying because they are your, you know, one of your go-to teams, uh, and I hope hopefully that encourages them to to give it a try. Yeah, I mean, I would suggest taking them in a league environment and learning how to play them. They're actually a really good. They're a really good team for once you've learned the basics of Blood Bowl. They're a really good team for uh, expanding your understanding of things like positioning because you have to be very aware of uh, zonal kind of positioning with uh, disturbing presence um it's also really good for reroll management because you're never going to get much more than two rerolls um in most in most instances um 
I think I think they're a good they're a they're a challenging team. If you want a if you want a challenge, Nurgle's your team. Um or a team option for certain. The other thing to consider, I guess, yeah. is star players. That's the last thing uh, we have to, to talk about. But well well, because I, I think if you were playing in a different tournament, uh, which allowed star players, that opens up quite a bit of options for Nurgle now, because they get a bit better range of of more usable star players. They had they had a better range of more Nurgly thematic players in Blood Bowl twenty sixteen with like a Tolly Glocklinger and uh, uh, Bula Shardhorn and stuff like that, uh, which which was cool. Uh, but those guys have been kind of parked at the moment. I'm I'm hoping that they come back. Um, but they've been opened up to the use of people like Hackflem mm-hmm. and Glart and stuff like that, which, which is cool. Um, and if you can fit, you can fit Hackflem into an Ergle roster at TV eleven fifty, uh, and that would make that would bump up their ability to win a tournament. I think. Um, However, um, in terms of what star players they could use, uh, they've got access to Morg, Lord Borak, Hackflem, Glart, Helmet, Acorn, Grashnak Blackhoof, and Graken Crumbleberry. Of those, I wouldn't touch uh, Acorn, Grashnak, or Graken Crumbleberry with a <laughs> shitty barge pole. Um, I might take helmet. Um, it's a shame because the, the the recent NAF FAQ, the the uh, May one, uh, May twenty twenty two, um, has removed uh, Scylla Anfil Grim or whatever his fuck he's called, and Max Spleenripper. They're no longer able to play for Nurgle because uh, they've actually specified that they're um. Um, keywords now should actually be favoured uh, of corn, um, whereas in um, Death Zone, no, the Almanac rather, and the corn book, it does just say favoured of dot dot dot. So up until the uh, FAQ, uh, they were they were able to play Nurgle, and I think I would have taken Max Spleen Ripper probably, uh, but I don't think helmets as good. Uh, for the money, um, uh, who I would take, I would definitely take Hackflem at two ten. He's well worth it. Um, I would take Glart as well. Um, in in situational kind of setups, you know, if you're playing a um another strength team, then yeah, another strength four player is great. Um. I would take Morg without a question if I had three eighty. Um, I would also take Borak as well. Would you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, honestly, Lord Borak's great. I think in a team like this where um, you've got, would I take him over oh, Hackflem? Yeah, okay. No. Uh, but uh, but it depends again on the team and what I'm playing against, uh, because. One of the cool things about Borak, he's not in this one. Um, is he? Yeah, he is. Um, is the fact that he's got both dirty player and sneaky git. Very true. Uh, and it's dirty player plus two. <laughs> so he's uh, he's uh, 
like if you really want to lead into the fouling um, with uh, loads of guard and stuff like that, your chances of breaking armor are, and, are fantastic. And he, uh, your chance of causing a casualty, and he comes with a, and he comes with fantastic. a team reroll. Yes, he gets a he gets a free team reroll. Um, so that gives you like that's there's yeah. that's good value for money, especially in a team that's down a reroll anyway against most teams. Um, he does he does offer you uh, a lot. Aye, so the chances of getting removals for him are great. You know, blocks he's got mighty blow, and then with the right amount of uh, of positioning and guard you're probably chewing through armor really easily and then you've got plus two on the injury roll um so yeah i th i think he's he's worth the money at 260. yep um, can't argue with that one i've kind of warmed to him i've warmed <laughs> to him a lot have you ever had the opportunity to use him yet oh, i have cool. yes i've used him in in blood bowl 2016 rules i've used him uh a couple of times actually uh, with Nurgle, uh, but that was before um, access to Hackflem and stuff, um, and he was a reasonable option then. Um, but I think he's even even better option now um, with the way you wouldn't have fouled with him previously because Sneaky Git wasn't as good. Uh, but the combo of Sneaky Git and the the adding plus. Uh, an, an additional plus one uh, to make it DP plus two has definitely made him worthwhile, and I would I would quite happily take the risk of fouling with a two hundred and sixty k piece uh, in those circumstances. Yep, just go balls um, deep. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, and even, um, you could even uh, if you've got another another hundred k to get a, a bribe, or if you've got a bribe on uh, a kickoff result as well, you know, like you're even safer. Um, so it's a good one, good one for sure, because Borak at a bribe is probably better than mm, Morg. Yeah, I would say. I would agree in that respect. Just um, you know, when you bring a team reroll to the table, you know, there's a quantifiable value to that of seventy grand. So, yeah, I absolutely. It's a good. It's a bigger uh, return of investment on that one uh which is great um so yeah uh, that's that's us at the end of the rookie coaches section Hopefully rookie coaches will get some value um from it i guess they're more kind of leaning into the league aspect of nurgle um you know the competitive set as we said is <coughs> not the best uh, environment for them with the current rule set but you know you should always keep an eye out so, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling they'll change the NAF, uh, uh, like rules pack next year. Um, now that they've had a chance to look at uh, tiering and stuff like that, or the results will give them a chance to look at tiering. However, I actually think it was pretty cool to have a pretty flat tier, uh, with no variance. Um, it opened it opened up the. The tournament a bit more. I think um, you kind of saw results where you were expecting to see results. No, I I didn't mind it as 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 it worked. So yeah, it's good. So I guess that leaves us with 
what's the next section uh just what we what we're doing next uh what we expect Best to do in the next month i think is coming up so yes um, oh, what are my best endeavours? Um, well, I haven't, I haven't picked up a paintbrush since I came back from Ireland, just because I'm exhausted. Yeah, but I've got all the all the projects starting to to shape up and materialise in front of me. So, um, I suppose I mentioned that the current Blood Bowl team on the table is at about fifty percent. I can push that team to eighty percent done. That would be good. Uh, and on the side of that, I should be able to construct and undercoat the high elf team, and I should be able to and undercoat and probably base coat the ten German infantry commission that I've got coming in. I think that that's that's all good achievable. Um, yeah. Achievable stuff from me. Yeah, I think we'll we'll probably record in, in less than a month because it'll be likely the middle of, uh, the, of June or something like that. We'll record. So, um, if I had a full month to um, to paint, I think I'd probably get more done. I'd quite like to get um, the. Light King's finished, I think. At least the the models themselves. I, I'm going to do all the bases together um, for continuity with that. But um, I, I'd like to think I'd get the the actual models themselves painted. And I'm I've I've got two out of the five done, and I'm about maybe sixty percent through the third one. Um. So it's it's not out with the realms of reason that I might get through the rest, the other two. Um, whether I'd get the bases done as well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I think that, that'll probably be it, really. Well, I think we've achieved a lot. Um, and I don't know if you've been looking online, but I managed to post those um, pictures I mentioned a little while ago. While we were chatting away, so... Um, I haven't, but I... Some people have liked it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, look, with that, I think it's time to sign off. So I hope you've enjoyed um, this episode of Two Guys, One Dice Cup. I would thoroughly encourage you all to um, send us any messages with any feedback. Um, remember as well, the offer of dirty used underwear is a continuous, always open thing, <laughs> should anybody feel the need, um, especially our listeners in Japan. Uh, I will happily take requests as to the different stains and soils you would like to see on your product. Um, and Phil, have you got any closing comments? I think uh, you've uh, just, like, you've you've killed it out Wicked. there. <laughs> it's like there's well, an episode about Noggle, mate. So with that, <laughs> bye. Bye. Uh,